From Thrivalist, this is the Sober Not Sorry podcast with your host, Lucy Quick. As the leading destination to change your relationship with alcohol in an empowered way, Thrivalist will help you free yourself from the alcohol trap and create a life so wondrous you won't want to escape from it anymore. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've had a beautiful week. Thanks for tuning in again to Sober Not Sorry. I am your host, Lucy Quick, the founder of Thrivalist. For today's episode, I caught up with Thrivalist member Lynn, who is an absolutely beautiful woman, and she shares her story so openly and so vulnerably today. I really admire Lynn so much. Lynn started using alcohol as a teenager initially to try and fit in and then later in life to numb the pain of a marriage breakdown and other life challenges. She reached a breaking point when she realized she was living a life controlled by alcohol. Two years ago, she made the decision to quit and thankfully found Thrivalist. And now Lynn is living her best life, pursuing her dreams and her hangover free weekends never get old. Lynn is so inspiring and I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I loved recording it. And just a reminder, ladies, you can join our signature sobriety course anytime, which is the best way to start with Thrivalist. And please use the coupon code SOBERNOTSORRY at checkout for 20% off the course. And before we get started with the interview, here is some information about our upcoming retreat. If you've ever worked with me or Thrivalist, you will know how obsessed I am with self-care and the important role that self-care plays in maintaining our long-term sobriety. And that's why I'm so excited to be running our first ever in-person retreat for Sober Curious Women this November the 23rd to the 26th. It'll be held in Trentham, which is in Victoria's beautiful spa region. This is going to be a five-star, really luxurious, beautiful experience, and it's going to be tailored just for us. The busy women who are in desperate need of a bit of a rest, a rejuvenation, time to connect in with ourselves and to also connect with like-minded women. So there's only a few spaces left. If this retreat is sounding like you, please check out the show notes and I have included the link directly to the website where you can book in or you can send me an email, of course, info at thrivalistsobriety.com with any questions. Now on to the episode. Lynn, thank you so much for being here. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. So nice to see you. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's always lovely to see you, Lucy. Do you want to start by telling me a little bit of about yourself and what your sober date is. I am nearly 63 years old, working four days a week. My sober date is the 28th of July, 2021. How amazing. You should feel so proud of yourself. I am. I'm very proud of myself and proud of all the support that I've got. And so now that you're a seasoned pro with sobriety, you've got two years under your belt. What's your one word description of what sobriety means to you? Freedom. I love that. It's such a common word. We also, it is really freedom, isn't it? And and why is that? Why is sobriety Um, freedom for you? Because waking up with a hangover beforehand didn't give me the freedom to what I wanted to do. It alienated me from going out because I was feeling sick. It alienated me from being motivated. 
So now I feel free to do whatever I want to do when I wake up on a Saturday morning instead of the hangover taking over my day. So good. Mm. Lynn, do you want to share your alcohol and drinking story and what drove you to drink in a problematic way? I guess situational reasons to cover up or to numb how I was feeling. So there were through a different sorts of things. Younger, it was trying to fit in and not being able to fit in. I thought that drinking would make me fit in and people would like me. So that's probably where it really started from. And then the heaviness of my drinking started when I had marriage breakdowns, my husband passing away, bad things happening in my life, I guess. And I, the only way that I thought that I could cope was to numb it and drink more because I felt sorry for myself. And being able to drink through that situation helped me to sleep and forget the real stuff that was going on, which is quite the opposite of what you should be doing because it's only putting a Band-Aid over. So it doesn't help at all. Mm, It doesn't, does it? So it sounds like this habit that you've actually developed as a young woman because you had lower self-esteem. So you started using alcohol and it made you feel better about yourself and then it became that coping mechanism throughout your life and you have been through so much. Lynn, your life has been full of ups and downs and alcohol has been that coping mechanism for you throughout those experiences. Exactly. It was my drug. And so how much were you drinking towards the end? As much as I wanted to, (laughs) as much as I felt sick not to drink anymore. Sometimes it was just a bottle of wine. Sometimes it would be that next bottle of wine. I can't really remember going over two bottles of wine, but I'm not saying that I didn't, but that certainly became the norm. It wasn't unusual for me to open a separate second bottle of wine and I was drinking alone. So that wasn't a shared bottle. That was a bottle to myself. And were you setting any rules for yourself throughout that period towards the end when it got bad? Were you sort of lying to yourself about anything to do with your drinking or even lying to loved ones about your drinking? Absolutely. They had no idea, no idea that I was drinking. You know, if I had a bottle of wine, it would be the second bottle, which may have had a little bit left in it, was considered to be my first bottle of wine. They didn't know that it was actually my second bottle of wine. Or I would drink because I did live alone for a long time. I didn't have to hide it from anybody. There were times that I would go out and have it in my water bottle and nobody would know that I had wine in it until they realized that at the end of the night after supposedly having two glasses of wine, I was sort of off my tree. So Mm. there was a lot of lying, a lot of lying. And you know what, Lucy? They knew that I was lying. I didn't know that they knew. But now that I have spoken to friends about uh, my journey, they, they all said that they knew. So I was only kidding myself. And do you remember setting any rules around how much you were going to drink or what you were going to drink to try and control it? I didn't have that ability to set myself rules. I just drank without rules. No. Sometimes I would say to myself, you know, well, I'm not going to drink tonight. And then I'd be driving home from work. And it's like, I guess, liking it to wanting a piece of chocolate. And you're saying, I'm not going to have chocolate today. I'm not going to have chocolate today. Oh, I've got to pop in and get a loaf of bread. I'll just grab a little chocolate and have that. That's what was my wine was like. So I would say to myself that day, maybe I'm not going to have a drink until Thursday, Friday. But then I'd be driving home going, oh, I feel like a glass of wine. Why shouldn't I treat myself? You know? Yeah. And so at what point did you realise you needed to get help? Did you have a rock bottom moment? I've had quite a few rock bottom moments and I have given up alcohol probably the longest time was six weeks. 
and then I went back on the bandwagon. But the last time was a time that I woke up one morning, supposed to have gone to work, couldn't go to work. And I think it was like the second Wednesday in a row that I couldn't get up and go to work. The week before that, I had been to a funeral and drank quite a lot and didn't go into work the next day. And so the following week, I thought, I woke up and I just felt so bad. I hated myself. I just didn't want to be that person waking up, not going to work, afraid that people at work would work out that every time I went out on a social event, I would have the next day off. And I just felt so sick and I was sick of myself. I just wanted to stop. I didn't want to be that person anymore. I didn't want people to think that I was an alcoholic. I didn't want people to think and myself to display that sort of behaviour in front of my friends and particularly my children because at that time my daughter was back home living with me and she knew what was going on and I was embarrassed. So you woke up that Wednesday and what did you do? Well, apart from feeling very sorry for myself and sick, I knew that I had to be proactive and do something about it if I'd made my mind up and I think unfortunately the best time to to want to give up drinking is when you've got a hangover because we all say to ourselves I'm never going to drink again so I thought if I don't do this today I'll feel better tomorrow and think oh it was just a day I'll do it again so I did it on probably my lowest day and just googled I can't even remember what I googled but driverless came up and I read some reviews and clicked on that and joined your course and from that day, I knew that I was never going to drink again. I had made wow. my mind up. It was just a lightning bolt moment. I just didn't what? want to ever feel the way that I felt that morning ever again. And so after drinking for many, many, many years, most of your life really, if you started as mm-hmm. a young teenager, what came oh. over you that day and what? why do you think you felt so different about the facts? You felt so confident about the fact that this was it this was the last time you were ever going to drink or be hungover I think I had just had enough I'd had enough of myself I didn't like myself anymore I had moved down to the coast promising myself a better life and to be a better person and to make good decisions and that didn't happen and I guess I was really disappointed in myself and that morning I realized that I hadn't wasn't true to myself and I just wanted to stop. At that point, what were your biggest fears in relation to quitting? And what do you think it held you back from going sober? What held me back was that I just wasn't consistent with myself. I had nobody to answer for. I wasn't being, I had no accountability and nobody knew that I'd had such a heavy drink. I was such a heavy drinker. And I think if somebody did know, then I could be accountable to them because they would keep an eye on me. But I had no accountability. So I thought, well, no one's going to know if I fail. So things will just go on. But joining Thrivalist, I was accountable. And I wanted to get onto all the groups that we did and speak honestly and not say that I hadn't had a drink when I had had a drink. And I was pretty, I, I think I was just really ready to give up as well. You know, I was very lucky. I, From the day that I stopped drinking, I never, ever wanted another drink. I, ne- I didn't, I wasn't thinking about having a drink at all. I had no taste for it anymore. It actually repulsed me because in my, bro- in my mind, I kept smelling that wine and I thought, oh. It just turned me right off. So I guess that that was an advantage to me. I do remember those calls early on, Lynn, in your journey and you saying that, I just don't want it. And it was amazing. Mm. And I think a part of that is a testament to 
firstly, how much you really wanted this. You'd gotten to a place where you're like, okay, final nail in the coffin. There is no more of this ever going to happen again. But also the fact that you really threw yourself into the thrivalist coursework mm. and the community. And that really helps to speed everything up. So maybe it was just a combination of where you were at, how many times you tried. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it was just the right time at the right moment and finding the right support. It was there. Mm. It all just aligned. The universe just aligned for me. And I was very lucky. And I'm grateful for that every day. And so tell me, Lynn, about early sobriety. I know this is quite some time ago now, but can you remember those early months and how you felt and anything that was challenging? The only thing that I did do was I didn't go out for a while because I didn't want to be around the smell of alcohol, I think more so. Not that I thought that I would have had a drink. I just didn't want to be around alcohol at all. So I alienated myself for a little while. Friends didn't know what I was going through at that stage. It took me quite a few months before I told one of my closest friends. And she sort of knew anyway, because we are very close. So, and she was just waiting for, the, for me to talk about it. Why were you, why didn't you tell your friends and family straight away? Because I wanted it to be my thing and I didn't want to have to answer or be asked, how did your week go? How, do you feel like a drink? I didn't want anyone to know what I was going through. I needed to do this on my own and then give somebody the conversation about how proud I was of myself. I couldn't have done that at the beginning because I didn't know which way it would go. I did say that I I was never going to drink again, but you never say never. I could have easily picked a drink up again, but I didn't want to. So I wanted to make sure that everything was perfect and aligned in my life before I shared my story and just told them a little bit about my journey and what I had done to get where I was. So it was probably about, I don't know, well, it would have been just late July that I joined you in Thrivalist. So it was probably not until about, I think it was about November because it was around my birthday and we had friends around and they'd noticed that I wasn't, well, they knew that I wasn't drinking, but they just thought that I was on Sober October or I just wasn't drinking that. Because sometimes I wouldn't drink if I went out. It was just when I did, <laughs> I didn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> If you are ready to change your relationship with alcohol, then you're in the right place. The Thrivalist membership is a holistic approach to sobriety. It combines everything you need to free yourself from the alcohol trap and create the life of your dreams with coaching, community, and courses like the Signature Sobriety Course, which holds your hand and guides you through the process of building an incredible sober life. To save 20% off the Signature Sobriety Course, use the coupon SOBERNOTSORRY at checkout. Now, back to the episode. So that went past and then I just sat down with my very close friend and I just told her about Thrivalist and what I've been doing and my sobriety and my journey and she just sat and listened to me and that's what I needed. I didn't need to be accountable to her right at the beginning because I didn't want that. I didn't want her thinking that I may fail because that's what I had done in the past. I wanted her to know that, okay, for the last four months, I haven't had a drink instead of saying, okay, for the last week, I haven't had a drink, which I've done before, and then gone back on the wagon after Mm. four, five, six weeks. So I just wanted to, I don't know, make her a little bit more proud of me and my family proud of me that I hadn't had a drink for five or six months, whatever it was. 
because mm. I had told the story to particularly my daughter because she was living with me most of the time, my son wasn't. I would say to her, I'm not going to drink anymore. And, and then after six weeks or whatever, I would start drinking again. So I didn't want people to think that I was just saying that and then down the road I'd be picking up another glass of wine and saying, oh, it's okay now, you know, I didn't drink for six six weeks or whatever. Mm. I wanted to be able to tell them, all well, it's been my last drink was the 28th of July and I haven't drank since and I'm not going to anymore. And how did they take it when you told them, your friends and your kids? They were really happy. There wasn't much going on. I think they just listened and particularly my best friend, she she was very proud of me and very supportive because she doesn't drink anyway because she knew of that night that 28th of July, she knew that I was really off my face that night. And she actually said to me, we all knew that you were drunk that night. I didn't think that anyone knew. And she just, she was really, really proud of me. And that just, that we just sat there and bawled my, I bawled my eyes out. She cried and I said, you know, this is for real this time. It's, it's been this time. I'm not going to drink anymore. I made a fool of it myself last time I did. And we just had a really good talk about you know, you know, my life as a drinker over the past, particularly over the past 10 or 15 years that I have known her because she has seen me give up drinking for six weeks and say that I'm never, ever going to drink again and then start all over again and drink for another She's been a part of that journey. Yep. And how amazing to have a best friend who's on yeah. the same sober yeah. train as you. So good. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, we don't, now I'm at the point there it's, it's, not even brought up people just know that I don't drink and and that's fine you know people just bring me a tonic water or a kombucha or <laughs> yeah nice it becomes not nice really etch. a thing yeah no, it, it, it's not a thing and it's not a thing for me to go out anymore and not drink you know the only thing that has made me a little bit cranky is yeah, at the beginning it was like oh yeah you can be the deso driver now if we had a work do and I'd be mm. like no no, I'm not because I'm going home now and you guys are going to sit here and stay for another two hours. And that freedom, as I talked about before, is just wonderful that I can now drive myself somewhere and drive myself home. Mm. And it gives me that freedom to do that. And I love it because I'm not a really big social person. I don't like to be surrounded by a lot of people. So when I was drinking, it made it easier to stay and be around a lot of people. Now, when I've had enough, I'm like, I'm going home now. We get to actually really listen to what we need mm. and give ourselves what we need rather than mm. doing things because we feel like we have to. It's so great, exactly. isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. Every morning, well, I don't work Fridays now, but every Friday morning and Saturday morning and Sunday morning, first thing that pops into my head now is like, I don't have a hangover. I still say that to myself. When you I do? Wow. And I'm like, oh. You know, I can just get out of bed, whereas I would still get out of bed, but I, but my day would just be a write-off mm. at least one day a weekend, every weekend for years and years and years. And now mm. I have this full weekend that I can do whatever I want to do. I can stay in bed if I want to stay in bed. I can sit and watch Netflix if I want to watch Netflix. I don't feel sick or sorry for myself. Or, and, well, you know what it's like, the guilt that, that we all feel when we've got that hangover. Um, yes, you know and we have agency over everything we do now in sobriety. Mm, mm. Whereas when you're stuck in those cycles of drinking and feeling hungover, you really feel trapped. It really traps you, doesn't it? It keeps you so much smaller than what we're supposed to be. Oh. And it's lonely, Lucy. 
It's lonely because you're the only one on that day going through what you're going through, particularly I wasn't surrounded by other people that had hangovers that morning or any morning living at home. So I'm the only one going through that. So it's as human beings, we like to share experiences, but that's Mm. one of the experiences that I didn't want to share at all because I was embarrassed and I hated being like that. So how else has your life changed, Lynn, since you got sober two years ago? Well, I've got more money. Yay. For a start. (laughs) Have you done something with that money? Have you saved, like, have you noticed that your savings grows? Really? That's amazing. And then obviously when we drink, there's all the other things that we spend money on, like the Ubers or the Uber Eats. And the online drunken shopping. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) We've all done that. So you've saved so you've saved money. What else have you achieved in sobriety and how else has your life changed? Okay. Well, I have always wanted to be a marriage celebrant, but I never did the course because I didn't think that I would be able to stay sober on a Saturday if I had to do a wedding or drive. So I thought, no, I'd rather have a drink on a Friday night than have to be accountable to do a wedding. So not last February, the February before, I did my course and became a marriage celebrant. So now I'm not only saving money, I'm actually making extra money. because So you're doing that on a Saturday? Yep. That's amazing, Lynn. Yeah. And to think that you really wanted to do something, but having a hangover stopped you for so long. Mm. I mean, how sad. I know. If somebody had told me that, I don't know, years and you'd be like, well, just don't drink. Be what mm. you want to be. That would mm. be my advice. But in the back of my head, I thought, oh, I'm going to spend all this money doing this course. What, you know, so I'm not going to be able to drink on a Friday night if I've got a Saturday wedding. That's just going to be horrible. You know, all of that. And how else has your life changed? Just getting fitter and healthier, you know, yeah. uh, being able to go for those walks, not having a hangover and going for those walks, being able to go to Pilates classes instead of thinking to myself, well, I'm going to go home and have a glass of wine because then you can't go. So now I've got no excuses. So um, I'm more active, I'm fitter, I'm healthier. Mm. So that, that's a big change. And just have being more motivated. Yeah, and I mean, for someone who didn't believe that you could do this because you didn't feel like you had accountability. I mean, you have really proven yourself wrong and mm. you have nailed it. It's just so incredible to see. Mm. And I'd love to know, Lynn, what has been the secret to your success, do you think, to two over two years of sobriety? Just being truthful to myself and having the support from Thrivalist has been a great help because I didn't want to let you down. I didn't want to let any of the other girls in the group down, and I didn't let, want to let myself down. So I just think that I, you know, every day that I didn't drink, I became stronger and stronger and just thought, no, yesterday could have been a day that I drank. I could have had a hangover today, but look at me, I'm not, I don't have a hangover. You know, that's the way I thought of it. You know, I got through a day. And at the beginning, mm. it was day by day, although I did say that, you know, I didn't have that craving, but it was still day by day. The craving could have changed. You know, I could have woken up one day and went, oh, this is a load of bull. I'm going to have a drink today or, you know, I have no drink. But I just didn't want to. So just really listening to myself and being true to myself. And, you know, I knew what I wanted and I had to be strict on myself and say, no, you've made that decision. You've just got to stick with it. And talking in the groups as well, you know, and saying these to the other women, I wasn't going to to lie or 
say, you know, this is what I'm doing and then, you know, in the background having a glass of wine or something like that, that's, you know, I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to help them and let them know that it can be done. You might fail, but you can still keep going. And you've certainly been a source of inspiration for so many ladies showing up and sharing your story and being an example of, you know, what happens when we really give it everything we've got. You've managed to completely break free from the alcohol trap and now you're living your best life, fulfilling your dreams, and I'm sure there's many, many, many more amazing things coming your way thanks to not drinking and not keeping yourself small. And, you know, I think once you've made that decision, you know, you've just got to stick with it. You've got to stick with it. And each day gets better. It's like grief, you know, and and giving up alcohol, you're grieving for it. You grieve giving up chocolate, giving up ice cream, whatever. And it and it is time. And when you know that it's it is just going to take that time, it's not an instant gratification, I think it makes it a little bit easier. So if you set your mind to just doing one day at a time, one step at a time, you can make it. It will work for you. So true. And Lynn, what's your top piece of advice for any of the listeners who may be thinking, hmm, maybe I need to change my relationship with alcohol? Be honest with yourself. Don't set yourself up to fail. And when I'm, what I mean by that is don't set too many goals for yourself. Be gentle on yourself. Know that it is a process. And if you do relapse, don't give up. Try again because it will become easier and easier. You know, it is a grieving process because you're giving something up or you the loss of something and it takes time. Mm. And at the beginning, you may feel, you know, after a week or two weeks that, you know, this isn't working for me. But, you know, my advice is to stick it out and it'll it will work. It will. You've just got to keep trying, just never give up the trying. Yeah, just never give up. And as I said, if you fall, just pick yourself up and just start one day again. Such wonderful advice, Lynn. Thank you so much for being here. I absolutely adore hearing you share and you're just really inspiring. So thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you, Lucy. You're my little saviour, my little guardian angel. (laughs) without uh, I just wouldn't have been I don't think that I would have been able to do it on my own and you know it's such a great program and and the women in the program you know that everyone supports everybody because we've all been in the same boat you know our stories may be different but the cover of the book is the same and that's it for the podcast this week thank you so much for tuning in I hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll be back next week lots of love If you're not 100% sure about joining Thrivalist just yet, I'd like to direct you towards some free resources to get you started right away on your sober curious journey. You can head over to our website at www.thrivalistsobriety.com and read our member reviews. When you read about other women's success stories, it serves as a huge inspiration to get you started on your own. If we can do it, so can you. You can also head to the resources section of our website and listen to a guided future self meditation or calculate how much you'll save by taking a break from drinking. Plus, we've got loads of other free resources for you over there. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, join our free Facebook community, and please reach out anytime you may need some support at info at thrivalistsobriety.com.